This podcast brought to you by the Information Architecture Institute. Through education, advocacy, services, and social networking, the IAI has 1,400 members from 80 countries demonstrating the value of information architecture to the world at large. By the IDEA Conference. IDEA brings together the world's foremost thinkers and practitioners, sharing the big ideas that inspire, along with practical solutions for the ways people's lives and systems are converging to affect society. And by Boxes and Arrows. Visit boxesandarrows.com slash about slash participate to be a part of your peer-written journal. And special thanks to Axure, Moray, and iRise for their sponsorship of Boxes and Arrows, as well as the many other sponsors of the IDEA Conference. Maya Kalman, founder and CEO of Swank Productions, New York's most fashionable wedding planning, event design, and production company, explores what goes into planning the perfect event. How do we approach the task at hand? How do we ensure success? What has changed in the last year and what are next year's trends? And how have events and the art of event design changed now that social networking is a part of almost everybody's daily life? I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. Hi, everybody. It's so wonderful to see all of you here today. What an incredible time we live in right now. We're seeing the world change on a daily basis and watching the effects flow through all layers of our culture. There was a time when it felt like technology and change was pushing us all further apart. The notion that we were disconnecting from each other at an alarming rate was prevalent. But it, in an incredibly short span of time, that's all changed. Never before have we seen such levels of communication and social interaction across all cultures and all people all over the world. It's truly an amazing thing to watch and be a part of. What we're talking about today is not just how we all come together in this new era, but the points through which we all access our social circles, design them accordingly, and join in this greater collective consciousness. Specifically, we're here discussing social experience design and how it affects each of us individually, collectively, and as a society. In my world, social experience design is not an ethereal concept, but a concrete, tangible series of elements that are designed to connect groups of people together in a common experience. But it can't just be any experience. It has to stimulate the senses and create a reaction amongst all of those who are part of it. In fact, it's my job to generate those reactions and deliver the desired effect every time. As Russ mentioned, I run Swank Productions. We're an award-winning custom event design and planning company in New York City. Swank gets hired to create unique event experiences for some of the most elite brands, organizations, and individuals. We've been producing high-end events for over a decade and are well known for creating innovative design concepts with flawless execution. Our clients don't just hire us to produce events. They come to Swank when they want to do something really unique and different to capture their audience's attention. We've made it. We've made it snow indoors in July, thrown entirely green parties where the elements are all environmentally responsive, and convinced Mars Candy to create a never-before-seen gold M&M for their 50th anniversary event. In other words, we're experts at using methods to engage the audience, and that's why we're here talking to you today. When you think about it, social experience design 
is actually a really ancient concept. Next to speech and the written word, event planning is amongst the oldest forms of social experience design. The nature of event planning is to bring people together around a common experience. It's existed in every culture since the dawn of man. When any event took place, the birth of a child, a marriage, a rite of passage, or a seasonal celebration, there was always an event planner there. They may have been a relative, a friend, or a tribal leader, but someone had to be responsible for getting everyone together and making sure that the celebration happened. Let's face it, someone had to chisel the invitations, someone had to choose the location, someone had to hire the band, plan and prepare the food, pick the seating arrangements, and don't forget activities and entertainment. But seriously, those are just a few of the details that go into planning any event. But the key to a successful event is getting your remote control to work. <laughs> Aha, I have to hold it down here. But the key to a successful event is how all these elements come together to engage the audience and create the desired effect. It really doesn't matter what type of event it is. It could be online or offline, product launch or trade show, birthday party or wedding, meetup party or Twitter party. They all need to make an impact on the attendees and bring them together around a common theme. The goal might be to create a buzz. It might be a big announcement, showcase a new product line, but they all adhere to the same principles, process, and flow. Good events are made by making good decisions. So what's happening today? When you look at social industries as a whole, they're really thriving. No matter the economic conditions, people see the need to connect, communicate, and share. We're all looking to find new and inventive ways to engage people and give them a forum to speak to each other. With the popularity of social media and reality TV, there's truly a fever out there that seems to only be growing. Clients today, whether social or corporate, are really concerned with their events being unique and representing them in a way that's exciting and interesting. People and companies both derive a lot of their persona and image from the events that they throw. And so our clients in particular feel strongly that the design and the social experience that their guests feel is a direct representation of themselves or their brand. So of course, they want it to be flawless, and in New York City especially, they need it to be fabulous. From the MTV Super Sweet 16 that needs to outdo every pampered teenager before her, to the bride who needs her wedding to be featured in the New York Times wedding section, to the corporate clients that really are only happy when their picture makes it on page six. Events today are much more than just the event itself. They're a representation of our client's personality. It's no longer acceptable for clients or attendees to get a standard experience. Years ago, the, we could put a logo on a wall somewhere in fun ways, and that took care of the branding, and the rest of the event pretty much took care of itself. Today, a complete experience that enthralls the audience from start to finish is the bare minimum. Hosts want their guests to be wowed, and guests want to be entertained, not just spectators, to the main event. That puts the burden on me, the event designer, to create experiences rather than just an event. So one big takeaway I want you to remember when you design a social experience 
is that it's far more than a collection of elements. Simply putting everything in place and waiting get for guests to fill in the blanks really doesn't work. For a truly successful event, during the planning, you really have to think the event through from start to finish. Lead your guests through the entire experience. Even if the concept is simple or the budget is low, you want to make sure it fills the need and the experience and the expectations of the guests. Let's talk a little bit about the role of an event planner in the design and coordination process. So what is it that I do? My job is to take all the wants, goals, needs, and budgets of a client, mix that with an occasion, and create an environment that makes people respond, react, and remember, hopefully in a positive way. A bit more specifically, I'm the producer, the project manager, the style consultant, the think tank, the psychologist, and the engineer. From building out completely empty lofts, like this one, to turning it into a Moroccan oasis, like this, we do it all. Events are a unique animal, and each element, whether decor or personality, has to be handled with the utmost of thought. At Swank, we specialize in creating unique creative environments. It's a combination of utilizing interesting creative elements and answering outlandish requests. Sometimes the requests are from our clients, but to be honest, often we're the ones pushing our vendors to the limit with what we want them to create for us. We work with the clients to design the event from start to finish and coordinate all the right people that will make our vision a reality. We're part ringmaster, part performer, and part setup and breakdown crew. But the thing that always keeps us on, us to on our toes is the unpredictability of any event. Traffic, weather, vendors, tardiness, even local law enforcement come together to create an environment where anything can and will happen. Trust me, you have to be really crafty with the cops out in the Hamptons to convince them that the 10 p.m. noise ordinance can't possibly apply to your party. <laughs> the real mark of an event planner is the ability to control uncontrollable circumstances and keep the event on track. It's a fine balancing act between the things you can control and the things that you can't. Experience then teaches you that there are, however, quite a few certain innate needs and expectations that all guests will have. The, your ability to preempt those wants, needs, and expectations will assure you at having an extremely successful event. My role is to think some way, think about our design and our plan, how it could go wrong, and try to fix it before it happens. Our job is to make guests feel like not only are they being taken care of, but that the seamless nature of the design and its transitions make the production appear effortless. So another big takeaway is this. Events are unpredictable, so always have a contingency plan, and sometimes a contingency for your contingency. Sometimes it might be a tent plan in case of rain. For others, it might be a backup server in case your connection goes down at an event. Either way, it's imperative to be ready and prepared to jump into action and solve the problem. Sorry, I wasn't clicking fast enough. So how design affects your social experience. I think most of you already understand how important design is to the social experience. You don't have to believe in feng shui to know that your surroundings affect how you feel. I know that I feel more comfortable in a luxury hotel room than in a sleeping bag on family camping trips. 
Now, don't get me wrong, this city girl does venture out to the country once in a while. <laughs> My husband is from New Hampshire, unfortunately, <laughs> and we do a lot of camping, but I can't lie and say that I don't prefer sleeping in a comfy W hotel bed than on the floor in a tent. But let's take that a little bit further. It isn't just the difference between those extremes. It's down to the subtleties between different hotels. You could stay in the same city in very close proximity to each other in three different areas. Let's say you stay at the Plaza, the W, or the Howard Johnson. Because all three designs are different, you're probably going to have three completely social experiences. Bad design seems to drive us apart rather than connecting us together. So when you think about it, it's truly amazing that the same exact location can be a beautiful park that brings people together or a vacant lot that will keep people away and remain empty. Good design increases social interaction and communication. It relaxes us and it awakens our senses. It's purposeful and makes us feel better about ourselves by knowing that the creators are paying attention to our needs. Good design takes us out of our everyday experiences and alters our reality in a subtle but positive way. We feel good and stimulated by our surroundings, which opens us up to new experiences and emotions. When you use this, when you use this principle in a group setting, it serves to connect the audience to one another. The attendees are all stepping out of their everyday lives and are experiencing the event and its surprises all together. That instantly connects them with a common cause. Quite simply, it gives them something to talk about and a reason to talk to each other about it. We are incredibly social animals, but we also all have barriers to our social interactions. Good design helps eliminate those barriers and allows a more social side to emerge and flourish. Many of today's most popular design trends are based on the want to change the way we encourage people to interact at events. Some of you may have been to an event that has a lounge area like this. It's a pretty popular trend for the last couple of years. We use lounge furniture such as couches and day beds and placed vignettes to encourage crowds of people to socialize and mingle in more casual atmospheres. It's a great way to get people away from their assigned tables and the boredom and get to know other people that they aren't necessarily sitting with. This kind of design trend is really a part of a greater principle of creating multiple environments in the same space. This inherently encourages more movement and social behavior. Leaving guests in one area for long periods of time often bores and tires them. Shifting them at appropriate points and reawakening your crowd keeps their senses peaked. So more movement equates to more dynamic event, which makes guests feel like more happened. Guests leave with the impression that they didn't just sit in a chair for a few hours, but they actually had a multi-dimensional experience. Now you understand how environment can affect your audience, so let's talk about specific themes. At Swank, our ideas are pretty outside of the box. The typical themes really aren't our thing, and after all, in New York City, our clients are really always demanding more and more. When designing an event, I'm always thinking about the wow factors. The couple of moments that guests actually walk in and gasp, wow, did you see that? A conversation piece that will be something that's not only talked about at the event, but probably the thing that people remember when they're recanting about the event. I love a powerful entrance. 
I like to know that I've arrived at an event and feel immediately immersed in whatever the theme is. It may come from lighting or fabric. It may come from how the guests are greeted. In concept, it's just a focus to answering a simple question. Of course, your guests have to arrive and they have to make an entrance into your event. But making it a conversation starter ensures that your design is already delivering a social experience. You saw a picture earlier where we spoke about making it snow inside in July. This is what we call our Narnia wedding. We did it a couple months ago. And we call it that because it's literally what the bride came and told us at our first design meeting. She said, I want it to feel like Narnia. <laughs> so reminding her that it was in July, she didn't really care. She wanted a cool, cold, winter wonderland experience. Now, she may look familiar to you. You might remember her from Tim Gunn's Guide to Style show, but she was a swank bride way before Tim got to her. You can see from the photos that this design concept isn't about tablecloths and flowers, some of the weddings that you might have been to. It's about an entire environment created to envelop the audience in the winter wonderland that she wanted them to experience. We use a fantasy environment to transition the guests beyond anything their senses were really prepared for. It was 100 degrees on that July day. And you had to hear the crowd as they entered and filled the venue with close to 3,000 candles gasping, oh my God, look at this place. But what got even better was the surprise when they sat down and realized that we had made it start to snow from the rafters over the ceremony. It was a truly magical experience for all that were there and something that people still call me about today. Sorry. Presentation is key and people eat with their eyes. And it, that doesn't only pertain to food. Although it is very important as well, our guests take in the experience of our design and hopefully find it exciting and palatable. The elegance of the fine paper, the way the waiters look, the way the food is served and presented, all these details that entice the guests to come and enjoy the experience. I like to call them moments of luxury. Those moments where you do something to transport your guests to another place in time, to make them feel as though they are truly the VIPs in the room. When people feel pampered and entertained, they're immediately inclined to socialize with ease. Entertainment also, when properly designed, should engage your guests and mesmerize them. Entertainment adds dimension to your event. It breaks up the timeline, focuses the audience as a collective on a social experience. Whether it's a 30-piece band, a belly dancer, or an aerial gymnast, the point of entertainment is to excite and surprise the audience and encouraging a multidimensional social experience. All of our moms were right. First impressions are everything. An event's first impression comes as the invitation. And as I mentioned before, no matter what kind of event you're throwing, buzz is key. It may be an invite or an evite, but either way, it's your guest's first impression of you and your event. Bottom line here, the more interesting the invite, the better your attendance will be. Do something out of the ordinary, really push the envelope, pun intended. One rule we have in my office 
is be clear and be clever. Many people go wrong over designing invitations, losing the point of the event, or just missing the mark completely. As much as it sounds obvious, it's imperative for a good invitation to have all the necessary information. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten invitations that don't have things like phone numbers, address, RSVP information, even the date. So make sure that you run it by several people before it goes to print. The invitation sets the tone and the theme of the event into motion. So to be most effective and impactful for your guests' experience, it really should echo the event design in some way, shape, or form. Imagination and budget are really your only limitations. The invite can also connect guests to the social experience by having to act. This invitation made me think of you over there in the pink <laughs> for a Sex in the City themed bachelorette party that we did recently. The gifts for the guests were actually part of the invite. We sent a single Manolo shoe to each of her guests, and yes, we called and got all their shoe sizes ahead of time, and teased them with the invite that they would retrieve the pair when they RSVP'd with a yes. We've created invites for Bloomberg that look and feel like water, and one of my favorites was a Shishido invite that teased the guests to come and see what the possibilities of a lipstick can hold. The lipstick actually is a red piece of paper with the invitation on it. Details like this will start your event off on the right foot and make your guests feel like they're coming to something truly exclusive. Little details do really make the difference. When I was younger, my mother used to make us wear name tags for every party she ever threw. It didn't matter the occasion. It didn't matter where it was. Everyone had to wear name tags. Now let me tell you something. Nothing can spurn a teenage girl more than having to wear a name tag over her killer outfit. But that never really mattered to my mom, who would always say, if you want to get people talking at a party, have them wear name tags. Now I know what you're thinking. Is there anything more geeky than wearing name tags at a social event? But she was on to something. Name tags, whether they say your name on it or something fun and a bit more clever and creative, they break the ice and they make getting to know people easier. Event design is all about the little details. It's the little details that get talked about at an event, remembered, and most importantly, the things that get my event's publicity. Swank has become well known for always adding some of those little unique details. Things like little mini BLTs that we actually had branded with BLT on them. Silverware wrapped in handkerchiefs instead of an average napkin for a chic picnic experience. Unique ways of incorporating your theme into place cards, like these award ribbons we did a dinner at a, sta at a horse stable. Waitresses in costume, which I love to do and causes a huge roar at crowds. And amazingly creative cakes that make people stop and wonder, is that really edible? And yes, that entire cake is really edible. All of these elements create a sense of excitement in the guests and a heightened thrill for having been invited to be a part of this individual experience. One of the biggest trends we're known for, and a trick that will always make your guests remember your event fondly, is leaving on a high note. I'm a big believer in a gift at the door, but only if it's something clever and worthwhile. 
We've talked about good design and how it affects our senses and perceptions. Sending someone away with that little extra something definitely extends their experience outside the actual event, leaving them feeling as though you really went above and beyond to create a lasting experience. I try to steer my clients away from anything too much about themselves. So for social events, your name, image, or dates on the actual gift are a huge no-no. For corporate events, you may have to use some of those elements for branding, but you still want to do it sparingly, and I told Russ I'd give him a props for doing a great job with the fleece jackets. <laughs> but food is almost always appreciated. Luxury chocolates, cupcakes, and candy buffets have become really popular lately. But some of my recent favorites have been things like hiring a Mr. Softy truck outside for guests to indulge in. Right now, I don't know how many of you are from New York, but food trucks are the huge trend in New York City. We have treat trucks, we have schnitzel trucks, we have waffle trucks. I mean, they're just everywhere, and they're all for rent. So it's a really fun thing to add at the end of an event. Other successful favors have been things like to-go bags with milk and cookies. One of my favorites to do, especially in the city, for a late Saturday night event is bagels, cream cheese, and an early edition of the Sunday Times. Little touches like these create a high for guests even as they're leaving your doors. Remember that presentation truly is everything. Just like all the other parts of your event, this final element has to be well thought out and done with style. We don't just drop a cupcake into a bag or put them on a table with no packaging. A beautiful presentation makes everything, gives everything a higher sense of value and makes you feel special. I think a big takeaway from this section is that you're better off doing fewer, more focused elements when designing an event. Getting an element right is more important than having a lot that are mediocre. In other words, keep to what you know you can execute amazingly and focus the event around it. Part of making sure your guest's social experience is a positive one is being able to anticipate an, their expectations, or better yet, anticipate the things that might not result in a positive experience for them. Is the location too hard to find? Make sure directions and signs are more than clear. Is it being held at a time of day where people will be expected to be well-fed? Then don't let the client make the mistake of choosing to just choose crackers and cheese. Is the point of the event to mingle and network? Then make sure that the music is not too loud or too overpowering. Guests, for guests always have certain expectations for outcomes at an event. They expect to be greeted. They expect to be told where to go so there's no question or confusion be made comfortable, not too hot, not too cold. And for women especially, they expect that there's going to be enough seating so that if their feet hurt, they can sit down or put their purse somewhere. By addressing these pitfalls in advance, having a detailed timeline, we lessen the chances that guests will feel disappointment, leaving a negative impression. And let me tell you, nothing can bring down a successful event like an accident of some sort which brings me to the importance of safety and knowing the rules. While it's not an exciting part of my job, an important part of my job is designing with safety in mind. It's one of the most important and most overlooked roles in the design process. Now, I will fully admit to you that my lead designer, Josh, wants no part of this conversation. He designs with fantasy and carte blanche in mind, 
and then I go through making notes of the things that need to be considered for safety or need to be rethought completely. Even in the city that never sleeps, there are rules and regulations, noise ordinances, permits, and one of the most common regulations, fire hazards. Rules around flammable materials and open flames usually are the biggest design issue. So while hundreds of candles make for amazing design experiences, they cause hazards that we, as the designer, need to be able to anticipate and react to. I've seen candles that are in plain sight be knocked into or knocked over, and thank goodness now we can use battery-operated candles, so that's not such a huge issue. I've also seen people lean against things that are meant to be props but look so real that the guests assume that it's sturdy enough to hold their weight. I always say we need to design with an engineering mind. Most importantly, we need to figure out how to create the amazing ideas that we've come up with, but also anticipate how a guest might come along and cause it to go wrong, trying to fix it before the event actually happens. So how does offline event planning and design relate to online event planning and social media? I think we all recognize the relevance and the importance of social media in our everyday lives and businesses. Right now, a lot of our corporate clients are increasingly interested in merging their offline event with some sort of online social media connection. As a business owner, I've been using social media outlets such as LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to broaden my reach and make me as a CEO and a New York City event planner more accessible to my clients and potential clients. And we've seen direct results from this interaction. Adam Hirsch, COO of Mashable.com, came to me this year to plan the Summer of Social Good event. He came to me as a direct result from finding me and following me on Twitter and Facebook. So when it comes to our corporate clients in particular, we're constantly trying to help them come up with innovative ideas that will, put the social media will push the social media experience envelope. We're doing a party this week for a text-to-vote company where we've got screens projected all over the room that will be showing the texts of the people at the party. We've done things like invited people recently to an event by using a QR code and nothing else. We just sent a credit card with a QR code and asked people to follow the directions and get the invitation. Online media is becoming a bigger and more important component of our business every day, and I find it really exciting and exhilarating. As I said earlier, we live in truly amazing times, times that are changing rapidly on a daily basis. Our communications and our social interactions with each other are growing at a feverish pace. Our social experiences are taking on all types of new dimensions. We're now much more focused on who we are, who we want to be, and how we want to be perceived. Social media has opened up forums for us to connect and interconnect in ways we thought we never could, or quite frankly, never would want to. And yet, as it begins to seep into our daily lives, I think we've all begun to see the value and potential this new medium affords us. The reality is we are constantly experiencing the impact of social experience design. Everything in our world is somehow planned and designed, and every choice we make leads us to different possibilities of experiences. As in other disciplines, event design continues to grow and evolve. We continue to search 
for clever and innovative ways to solve problems and answer needs, pushing ourselves to make your experiences more personal, more exciting, and more impactful. If there's one notion that I hope that you take away from today's session, it's this. Your event has the ability to transport your guests anywhere you want to take them. How you design, plan, and orchestrate your event will determine its outcome. So take it from me, the more effort you put into every nuance and detail of your event, the more it will pay off in your guests' reaction. It really doesn't matter if the event is online or offline, business or social, a huge budget or small, they all share something in common, the need to create an engaging interactive space for all of those who have attended. I hope you got a lot out of today's session, and I thank you for coming and listening to me. Thank you. We've got time for a couple of questions. Oh, look, there's somebody all the way in the back who's, that hand went up so fast. Well, first of all, I've realized I live an incredibly boring life after that presentation. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering, in terms of social um, experience design, do you think there's any websites that you've come across that do it particularly well? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. I <laughs> ideaconference.org. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The idea conference. Um, yeah, I haven't, I have to say that I kind of blank out on that question in the sense that I don't have too much experience yet mixing the two. You know, this is really a new medium for me in terms of taking events in general, whether corporate or social, and trying to integrate them somehow with an online experience. So while I do a lot of work, personal and business online, I don't know that I have a site in particular that I would say is really answers that question. Well, take a look at our website, because I think it's very swanky. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, first of all, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Partly because uh, I actually worked in the event industry for six years before coming to uh, leading a UX team. So I find uh, I get a lot out of speaking to people that work in different design disciplines. and trying to learn about how they approach what they do. So my my question is, there are, as designers, there's a few kind of, well, there's a whole bunch of things that we go through. Uh, and a few that jumped into my head were uh, research, uh, communicating concepts, and modeling or prototyping an experience before you actually expose people to it. And so I was wondering if on either or all of those three, communicating concepts, research or getting insights to figure out, get inside the minds of the people that are going to come to the event, or, or actually modeling or prototyping the experiences that you'd be uh, putting on for people. How do you approach those in your practice? All three are really important, and, and that's a really good question. Um, I think one of the things that sets Swank apart from some of the other event design and planning companies in the city is that we do both. We're not just planners and we're not just designers. So we bring both elements um, to the table. And so that affords us the need to do exactly what you just mentioned, to really research not only the theme and the design concept that we want to create for our guests, but also research the guests that are coming so that we know age, you know, demographic information to be able to answer their needs and their expectations appropriately. 
Um, one of the things that also sets us apart is that we have an in-house design team. So when I built the company, I realized that I was not an artist and could not sketch. And my goal was to eventually get Swank big enough that I would have an art department that would be able to create my ideas. And so we pitch our event design just like an interior designer or a couture dressmaker would pitch an event. Um, we have creative boards. We do material boards for our clients. We do pencil sketches. Once those sketches are approved, then we do color sketches. Once that's approved, then we do CAD renderings. So we actually walk through the event. Um, and that's what I meant by really taking your guests and leading them through the entire event. When you're planning the event, um, my biggest goal is to make sure that I actually get out of the car, walk in the entrance, figure out how I walk in, where's the food, where's the bar. Um, all those things are going to make for a more successful event if you think them all through. Um, I'll give you a perfect example, a place that we just did an event a couple of days ago, a well-oiled machine that has events all the time. I walked in a half an hour before the event. They had our floor plan, but they didn't follow it. Um, and they put the bar right beside the entrance. So as you walked in, the bar was pretty much right where that table is. Huge, huge mistake. Um, and I forced them to pick it up and move, take all the glasses off, move everything, and move it to the end where the cameraman is. Because the point being that there are certain things that people expect, but there's also a certain flow that generates positive reactions. You want guests to come in, and you want them to find the bar, and you want them to cross the room to get to it. You don't want to stop them in the doorway and cause a traffic jam. So research, to answer your question, research, um, sketches, floor plans, all of those things help us um, to sell the product and then also share the product with our clients and show them the positive return on investment that they're going to get. We have, we've got time for one more question, so we'll do that. Thank you again for a really great presentation. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, my question is, how do you do follow-up feedback after event? How do you collect review information and apply that to any future events that you plan? I am a big believer in never making the same mistake twice. So everybody makes mistakes, and events are flawed. You will never have a perfect event. But the key to a perfect event is making it look like it's not flawed and being able to react um, discreetly. Um, I think one of the biggest things, um, one of the biggest things that's important to learning from your mistakes is gaining as much information from the client and from the guests as possible. Um, one of the new things that I'm doing, kind of to relate to social media is uh, instead of getting written reviews and testimonials from clients, I actually videotape them now at the event. So it's the greatest thing because you get the genuine moment of that bride or that corporate client saying, oh my God, this was so amazing. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Um, on the converse side, we always have a, a, a group meeting after an event and a wrap-up meeting. We all go through the highs and the lows, what each of my team found that went well and the things that didn't go well. And sometimes we all know what didn't go well. Other times, just one person on the team knows it because they took care of it and didn't share it with anybody else. <laughs> so um, you know, you take that information and you take feedback from the clients. 
Um, you hopefully take feedback from the guests. We get a lot of calls. I mean, more social than corporate, but we get a lot of phone calls from people that have been to social events to say what a great time they had, how much fun it was, that they can't believe what they saw. Um, so all of that input that we get, we take and try to build upon that. Um, but most importantly, you know, not building on the positive, but building on the negative, the, the key is to really learn from your mistake and make sure that you never allow it to happen again. Wow, that rings true. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. To hear even more presentations from the 2009 IDEA Conference, point your browser to boxesnarrows.com and click on the podcast link. There you'll find access to the iTunes feed and more information about each presentation. Our heartfelt thanks to the organizers and sponsors of the fourth annual IDEA Conference, the presenters, and of course to the global community. We look forward to feedback about future episodes that will be of greatest value to you, our listeners.